Hi, and uh, with me today I've got Paul on Rankcast Episode 2. Hi, Paul. Hello. Good to hear from you again. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the, the readers didn't say that they hated Rankcast Episode 1. We seem to have done okay. Yes, absolutely. And um, I fully expected them to say that they would hate it, so it's a bonus. There you go. We've not if- been- it's worth pointing out, probably, that if uh, listeners do want to speak to us, they can, um, either by commenting on the post at unitedrand.co.uk, or indeed they can edit it and, and email us now, can't they, at uh, cast at unitedrand.co.uk. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, tell us what you think, guys, and, um, and you know, we'll hope to make some improvements if we need to. So, um, yeah, without further ado... Uh, 1-0 defeat at Turf Moor this week. Uh, it should have been our easiest game of the season. Um, yeah, newly promoted Burnley. Bar- barely a player in the side who could get into United's reserves, let alone the first team. What happened? I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I can't seem to hear you clearly. Uh, it seemed to me that you said that Manchester United lost to Burnley this week. That doesn't seem to be plausible in any way, shape or form. Uh, you know, it's certainly not, but it happened. Um, it's one of those things, isn't it? At the at the risk of sounding making the two of us sound like Saint and Greasy, it's a funny old game. Um, United, we've we've had problems at the start of the season for quite a few seasons in a row now. Um, maybe not in a row, but but it's a, it's a traditional United problem: the wobble at the start of the season, um, the sheer amount of football that our squad plays means that the break. We always come back from the break with niggly injuries kicking around the squad, you know. It's uh, it's almost inevitable. And, you know, th- these things just do happen. We we didn't have a back four, you know. The the team's still settling in, dealing with the loss of Ronaldo. It's, it's, it's not the end of the world. It's just a, a game of football where things didn't come together and this season more often than not things will come together well enough for us to get three points right right I, I, I'm sure that's true there, there's no crisis here but I'm, I'm sure the word crisis has been bandied around uh, several you know national publications this week yeah um, and I guess I guess the worrying thing is United were pretty toothless and they were pretty toothless against um, Birmingham as well I, there, there were plenty of chances creating a lot of possession but I wouldn't say they were massively clear-cut chances, and, and in fact, one of the more worrying aspects uh, of the game against Burnley was that, um, that you know, the home side didn't even need to, as they say in football parlance, they park the bus. Um, they, they took it to us. They, they did play a blinding game. But, you know, may, maybe that's a sign that um, it, it's a one-off. It's just a blip, um, and you know, United aren't in some you know, massively... Uh, crisis-induced uh, you know, loss of games and points in the, the uh, early stages of the season. So. The thing is, I, I, I think it's, it is slightly more indicative of something. Uh, it's indicative of slightly more than just a blip, I think. The, the Birmingham game, we, we were fairly poor. I mean, there, there were patches of really nice flowing football and, you know, we were fairly lucky to get out of that with the result, though. I mean, Blues, Blues looked all right and... and they looked a bit threatening when they attacked us, which is which is never good. And and but we did seem to struggle to to create that to get that second goal, which would have which would have made it all comfortable. So then you are right. There definitely is a problem with toothlessness. But look, we talked about this last week. That there's 
80 million pounds worth of teeth been removed from the squad. Ouch. Yeah, yeah you know, that, that's some painful dentistry right there. Right, well, well, yeah, I'm just looking, yeah, if you want to look at the numbers, and the numbers don't say everything, but um, Ronaldo either scored or helped to make 100 goals over the last two seasons. Yeah, that's that's quite a lot of goals. That's quite a lot of goals, and and uh, it, the, the team has the team has changed around in formation a little bit. We, we are more rigid, as, as Darren Ferguson said. Sorry, Darren Ferguson, Darren Ferguson, Darren Fletcher. More, mm. more rigid, a uh, little bit more obvious, and um, not all the players have kicked into top gear yet. We'll see. Uh, away game against Wigan this weekend. It's not going to be an easy one, for sure. I mean, Wigan may have lost one of their best players, of course, Antonio Valencia. Yep. moved to United, but uh, they've got a smart new young manager, um, Roberto Martinez. Uh, they had a good victory against Aston Villa. Um, although they did lose against Wolves uh, midweek, yeah. and they'll certainly be smarting about that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting because, again, last week we were talking about how this season the point spread will be a lot more even, and I think just Wigan's first two results demonstrate that. Um, which, in fact, the, the results across the Premiership so far, I mean, you know, with two matches in, is, we probably shouldn't read too much into it, but there have there has been a kind of exchange of points. Liverpool have already dropped points, we've already dropped points, Chelsea came within a whisker of dropping points, and then kind of destroyed their next opponents, you know, and and Wigan looked really impressive against Aston Villa. I mean, they were, they were, Alan Shearer and Alan Anson were falling all over themselves um, on match of the day to kind of praise the style of play and just the effectiveness of Wigan. And then they lost to, you know, a team which is arguably worse than Burnley. Um, however, I'm slightly concerned that it's an away fixture against a slightly unfancied Lancashire opposition, which... Uh, we don't, we don't be seeming to do too well against <laughs> Right, right. Well, look, you, you can guarantee that uh, you know, even if the hairdryer is less forceful than it once was, uh, the players will have got some form of it this week. Uh, they know exactly what they need to produce. Uh, I'm sure Ferguson will you know, freshen up the team a little bit, rotate where he can, um, and they know they have to put in a performance against Wigan, so uh, there won't be any cl- complacency, that's, that's for sure. What, where do you think we're going to finish this season? Um, outside the top ten, and they they won't go down. Uh, I think they're in you know that bottom third of um, group of teams. They they've just they've just lost a couple of really good players in Palacios and Valencia over the last six months, um, and Martinez is is going to need some time to bed in anyway, um, and they just don't have a massive amount of resources so. Uh, they, they might have been kind of on the up under Steve Bruce, and I, I do think uh, Roberto Martinez is a really good manager. His Swansea team played some great football last season, mm. and I'm sure he'll get um, Wigan playing in the right way. But sometimes when you're scrapping out at the bottom, that doesn't always help you. So I think they're outside of the top ten this season, but they're not going down. That's for sure. And we kind of hope that they uh, play nice football against us, don't we? Because there's there's always that sense that if a team wants to play nice football against us, we're probably going to beat them. Yeah, you'd have thought so, but then again, Burnley, uh, Burnley plays some good stuff. I'm sorry, you're breaking up again. I thought I thought I heard you mention Burnley. I, I don't understand that word. Yeah, I know. I think we should leave that one there. Um, so, um, I guess it's the transfer window coming up. We've got uh, what, yeah, eight days, I think, until oh. until the end. And, and Ferguson and Gill have both said absolutely no more purchases, despite the rumours. No one seems to quite believe them. Um, should we? Well... 
I don't know. Did you hear the big sigh when you mentioned the word transfer window? It's just been an absolutely brutal summer in, in terms of the transfer window. I mean, there was the, obviously Ronaldo. We got in Valencia, who I, I rate quite highly, but then Michael Owen, everyone went, huh? You know, which fine, I'm sure it'll be perfectly astute, reasonable mid-range signing, whatever. But, you know, we we haven't made a tentpole signing, and I'm not talking about one where you can get Old Trafford full of uh, people who want to buy this dude's replica, replica shirt, but we we are... It does almost feel like we do need uh, an injection of some kind of really top-class creativity, someone who's going to create loads and loads and loads of chances. Because, you know, assuming that Berbatov doesn't step into the role of world-beating genius number nine, you know, we, we, we are going to have a problem this season with, with creating chances because we just we look a little bit short of creativity. So a Sergio Aguero, that would be brilliant. Even better, perhaps, if we sign Sergio Aguero, that might mean we've got first dibs at his offspring, who is clearly going to be the greatest footballer in the world in 20 years' time. Right, uh, Sergio Aguero, of course, is the um, is the stepson. Is stepson or no, no, he's in law, isn't he, of uh, Diego, yeah. Diego Maradona? Yeah. So um, um, you get two two for the price of one there. Um, Sergio Aguero, very very good player, and uh, Diego Maradona's grandson. That's right. Uh, his wife's a tidy little package too, um, and <laughs> so. Um, I think it's it's an it's an interesting um it's an interesting window, isn't it? So 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 clearly the the market is not realistic in terms of prices. No. Um, yeah, Manchester City and Real Madrid have have made it so the knock on effect is that everybody is asking astronomical prices or quite prepared to wait it out to see whether City and Real Madrid spend some more next summer, I suppose. Um and I, I guess the issue is, um why the sudden austere nature from Ferguson and, and the board? Because it's, we, we it's not like they haven't been prepared to pay over the odds before, 12 months ago. Um, I think most people would agree that, that Berbatov um, was not a £30.75 million pound signing, especially when there was only one game in town. And, and uh, you know, Tottenham... You know, weren't going to sell him to anyone else. I don't think the player would have gone to Manchester City. It's not. Um, it just wasn't feasible at that time. Um, United did seem to pay over to the over the odds for that one. They've done it in the past as well. They, they've they've paid huge amounts of money for for players that just felt like they were a little bit too much, and um, all of a sudden they're they're not prepared to do that. Well, I mean, I remember having a conversation with you about two months ago where I said, "Is." Is that eighty million pounds for Ronaldo going to be spent on transfers, or are they going to use it to help fill in the giant black hole that that is Manchester United's finances? And you said, well, they'd be absolutely crazy to use that amount of money to fill in the giant black hole. They'd be much, much more sensible to invest it in the potential of future success, which can slowly trickle into the black hole over the next. 25 years and, you know, get the club out of the debt it's been forced into, you know, because the money, the alleged transfer kitty 
it's nothing in the face of the in the burden of debt that Manchester United are up against. I mean, you know, the the fact of the global economic crisis probably has made a difference. There there is probably some kind of pressure um, on Ferguson not to play over the odds. Potentially, I don't know. You know, last year the full extent of the economic downturn hadn't really registered I don't think yet and people were maybe a little more inclined to spend and hope for the best and and now it's very clear that the the global economic situation is pretty disastrous so maybe there's a sense that well you know the the amount of consumer spending as a whole is going to go down dramatically there's this this kind of glazer plan to massively increase revenue is maybe going to struggle from the less freely available money in people's pockets, and maybe it is an all hands to the pump situation. And and we're, rather than rather than getting to spend on the success that could fund the debt repayments, they're just going to try and uh, grab the cash. But it seems incredibly short sighted if that is what they're doing. Well, well, the problem with that um, that scenario, of course, is that there's about sixty plus million pounds worth of interest that needs to be paid. So if they are going to pay down some of the debt, really all they're paying down is interest. Yeah. Because in in previous seasons, um, they've just rolled up the interest into the debt. Yeah. Um, And and in fact, I I did find it quite amusing that um, that there was talk of being austere and living within our means and and all of that this summer when effectively Dimitar Berbatov was uh, bought on debt last season because they they rolled up that into the debt too. so it this is, this might is well thing. be having an impact. It might well be having an impact right now. And um, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that conversation we had uh, a little while ago, where I said that investment needs to be made in order to continue success, because success is, leads to revenues. Yeah, hate to think like some kind of marketing person here, but um, but that's true. And and if you look at the, the most recently published figures from Barcelona, for example, 384 million in uh, Revenues this year, they'll probably overtake United quite quickly at that rate. Um, Real Madrid will become the first 500 million euro a season team. Um, so there's some massive, massive competition out there for United. And standing still right now is a, you know, means that we do risk going backwards. I'm, I'm so not it, that. I mean, like you say, that the the line that's coming out of Old Trafford is that. Um, this austerity is voluntary on Sir Alex's part and he's fed up of paying over the odds. But, you know, that argument just it holds no water at all. The, the, Abramovich sent the transfer market crazy, as did the first go-round of Fiorentina Perez, and it hasn't settled down at any point since. And United have been fully joining in to the the crazy world of thirty million pound Berbatov and you know even like sixteen million pound Valencia, you know this is this is a guy who's looked pretty good at Wigan for two seasons, you know that, that's it's a lot of money still, you know. Yeah, so I, agree. We, we, I agree. We're Manchester, we're Manchester United. We have to pay over the odds for players. You know, there's there's just no there's just no way of avoiding it. We we can either not pay, not pay over the odds or or not get anyone or you know, Sir Alex will spend the twilight of his career uh, doing a sort of strange impression of Harry Redknapp and uh, seeing what you can get on a free. 
Uh, and uh, that does appear to be the case. Uh, free and, and young players, uh, the problem, of course, yes. is there's some inconsistency there and we don't know which ones are going to be successful and uh, which ones aren't. I mean, Anderson and Nani, £40 million pounds worth of player between them, although, of course, United won't pay all that up front. They'll be staged uh, com- you know, depending on success, but um, I don't think uh, they've had £40 million pounds worth of value yet. Anyway, so we'll, we'll see. Eight days of the window to go. Probably won't buy anyone, but uh, you never know with folks. And um, uh, yeah, he, he's not always truthful to journalists, is he? So we, we might we might see something big in the pipeline. So is Joe Aguero's son. That's right, <laughs> three-year-old. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, the other thing I wanted to talk about were, was the injury crisis at the moment because uh, it's uh, it could potentially derail um, derail our season. Um, Looks like Nemanja Vidic is back for the weekend game. They're rushing him through. He's had no pre-season games um, and uh, 10 days of training only, which is quite a lot lower than you'd get uh, for the endurance training at the beginning of the summer normally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's clearly not fit. Ferdinand's out for another month, um, a lot longer than everyone expected. Johnny Evans has said this week that he definitely needs an operation on the ankle. I guess they're going to try and get through it with uh, injections. Wes Brown never can never trust that he's gonna he's gonna stay fit. Gary Neville been out for about forty seven years now, yep. I think. Yep. Um so yeah, a little bit worrying. Yeah, I think you just mentioned every single one of our defenders apart from Ever and uh, Fabio and Raphael, right? That's, that's and, and pretty much everyone's out. missed out Raphael. Uh he had an operation on his shoulder, he dislocated exactly the same operation that his brother had about a year ago. Um, Those two, eh? Everything one of them does, the other one's got to do as well. Well, that's right, that's right. Um, although one of them does have like a 15-year-old wife, which is yeah, interesting. Um, but yes, sorry. And illegal, no? <laughs> <laughs> apparently, apparently not in Brazil. <laughs> um, it, it's a nightmare, isn't it? I mean, we were just talking about the transfer window. That, that I, I can't imagine how much money Barcelona will have to pay to get Vidic off us in this circumstance. You know, um, uh, quite a fair chunk of that 384 million euros, I'd, I'd think. <laughs> yeah, he comes from Serbia. Oh, his wife wants to move to Catalonia. Oh dear. Bad, um, bad. It, it's not going to happen, is it? And um, the the yeah, I mean, we've got eight days left in the transfer window. Looks like he's going to be uh, on the phone and going, "Salut, Monsieur Wenger. Est-ce que Mikel Silvestre est available pour transfer?" <laughs> you know, it's it's um, we, we we really are starting to look like selling old Easter Island head wasn't the stroke of uh, genius sabotage of an opposition that it looked like it might be. Um, I mean, can you can you pick a, a back four which looks competent out of who's left? Well, it it looks like they'll they'll go with um, Evra Brown, O'Shea, um, and Fabio. Although O'Shea played right back at the um, and Evans. Uh, hobbled through the Burnley game. So yeah, it's, it's one of those two combinations, I think, and that's that's just about it. Um, they do have Richie Delate, who looked pretty good in pre-season, had a really good game against Valencia at home. Um, and aside from that, Corey Cathcart, who's getting rave reviews in the um, in the reserve team, although he does play in midfield sometimes. Uh, that's Johnny Evans' brother. Um, right. And, of course, James Chester was the young player of the year. And he, he is a good... He's very, and, and Craig Cathcart has been brought into the pre-season games he played against uh, Boca Juniors in the Alden Cup. So quite a few young players there. So there are options for Ferguson. Um, it's, yeah, it's, 
it's one thing trusting young players in pre-season games in the Carling Cup is quite another to throw them into the line pit of the, the Premier League. Um, yeah, especially especially at a time when even by the incredible standards of Manchester United, the spotlight's on. You know, it's 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 not it's not like you can blood Johnny e- like you know he blooded Johnny Evans quite subtly and gently when the team was playing very well. Um, but this is this is throwing a bunch of players together and 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 you know well throwing them into the deep end and hoping they can swim, so to speak. Yeah, I, I think they'll just try and hobble through these games as much as possible. I, I can't see them sending Evans for that operation until until Ferdinand's fit. So yeah, it, it'll probably be you know, the back end of the year. Maybe they'll try and get him through the season, but um, he he at the moment he doesn't seem to be able to play every week, and we kind of need him to play every week. The um, the long term implications are slightly worrying as well, aren't they? Because when you don't have a pre season, that definitely you know ends up taking its toll later in the season. Um, Ferdinand does seem to be increasingly, you know, the, I, I, if I was United's medical staff, I think I'd be slightly concerned about Rio because he he, he has had a lot of niggly kind of injuries and, and especially back injuries, and and that yeah. that's uh, that's a fact. Um, he's getting he. He's getting into his 30s now. Um, yeah. yeah. Vidic will, is going to struggle, for sure. Um, ten, ten days of training is, is not a lot. Um, so, he, you know, he might be fit. I'm sure he kept himself in shape over the summer anyway. But he's not going to be match fit. So we, we might see some mistakes. And there is this perception that uh, Vidic didn't have a, you know, the best sort of last part of the season following Absolutely. a one defeat. And I think some of that's unfair because... They, bad game against Liverpool and of course he was at fault for the or partly at fault for the first goal that Barcelona scored in uh, in the Champions League final it's uh, it's difficult though isn't it I mean you know I don't know Ed United ran your clearly your negative attitude that I hear so much about on the internet is rubbing off on me I'm, I'm I was like yes last week I was definitely yeah we'll definitely win the league now I'm like well we don't have a defense our attack can't score any goals there's no creativity in the side it's uh it's it's catching Ed I, I just don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> realism, realism. I, I, I understand. Um, I'm a fan. Yeah, clearly, been and been going since the, you know, the mid 1980s. So um, I, uh, I want United to win as much as anyone else out there. But um, I'm, all, I'm also, um, you know, editor of a fanzine and, uh, you know, kind of prepared to tell it as it is. And uh, if that's kind of negative, then I, you know, that's a shame, I suppose. But. It, I think it's yeah. I think it's honesty, but I I, I read those same comments and um, of course uh, I did a mini interview with uh, Scott from Republic of Mancunia in the past week and uh, I think the feedback there was definitely that there's too much negativity on rat. So we hear you people. Um, I have to say you should have said Scott from the brilliant Republic of Mancunia. That's right. That's right. I, it, it is it is a great website, Republic of Mancunia. Yeah, top stuff. Yeah. Buy United replica shirts through there this week. <laughs> I'm sure that would be illegal, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, um, so I don't think we really um, we we uh, completed our, our Vidic to Barcelona chat. Um, it's uh, do, you, do you think it's going to happen? I mean, it, it seems that there's no smoke without fire. This has been going on for too long for there not to be some truth in that in either the belief that his agents, you know, working around a a massive new contract, which of course the player would deserve, um, yep. 
not not that anyone deserves a hundred thousand pounds plus a week, but in in it's all relative, isn't it? In, in football terms, in football terms, yes, it's all relative. Nemanja Vidic should be being paid more than John Terry. That's that's it's as simple as that, you know. Is whatever John Terry gets paid, pay the Mania Vidic £1 more a week. Well, that would be £151,000 and <laughs> £1. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah, Vidic isn't going to get a contract offer of that nature, but it will certainly be in excess of uh, £100 a week, um, and that contract offer is going to come quite soon. And that will be the tester. Um, we'll see whether they sign on the dotted line quickly or whether they... Um, try and agree you know, to be able to you know, leave in 12 months' time or whether they string it out. Um, it will be quite a testing time for, for Mania. It, it does seem that, I mean, if the rumours are true, that his wife, Hannah, uh, wants to leave, uh, you know, move back to southern Europe, um, and Barcelona would be a destination. But it, it certainly is not going to happen this summer. And next summer, it would still command a, you know, a massively, massive fee. This is it. There's three questions. Will Vidic be at United come September 09? Definitely. It seems almost entirely implausible that he wouldn't. Will he still be there come the end of January 09? I can't see Ferguson selling Vidic in the transfer window. Um, and then will he still be there at the beginning of next season? And that is a much bigger question. And, and uh, you know, you did just list all the promising youngsters that United have got at centre-back. And if if one of them can show Ferguson that he could do the job, then, you know, you can you can see Nemanja signing a new contract and then sailing off to Spain like uh, Beckham and Ronaldo before him. You know? I would, um, as it stands, I would probably put money on, on uh, Vidic going in 12 months' time, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's probably the, the, the kind of smart analysis of, of that situation. But, yeah, we'll see. Football has... Yeah. Some strange uh, powers, and Ferguson managed to keep Ronaldo on on board for an extra two seasons. So he he might well do that with Vidic too. We'll, we'll see. So what you're saying is football's a funny old game. That's it. It's funny old game. Game greasy. Funny old. <laughs> you just said greasy, so you were being greasy, but also talking to greasy. One of us is going to have to be Ian St John. You know, there's no two ways about it. I just can't bring myself to do it. <laughs> All right, Probably so um, player or Ian St John, I, I'm going with a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he never played for Liverpool, right? That's right. Um, so I, I got something I want to bring up, which uh, I've been asked to mention to the good listeners of Rankcast in a segment I like to call "We Took Our Own Ribena to Moscow." Interesting. Uh, there's a Manchester United fan of my acquaintance who is of the belief that the reason for our success over the last decade or so has been his commitment to that finest of uh, blackcurrant cordial Ribena. Um, him and his son go to every United home game and uh, regularly make sure that they always go on the Metrolink and they drink Ribena before the match. He is extremely concerned that the Metrolink is down this season for repair. Uh, for I'm not sure how long, but it's a good few weeks. So they're having to go on the train, and he's not at all convinced that there's the same powers in that. And he pointed out to me that they went to Moscow, they got a metro to the station, drank Ribena before the match, and John Terry fell over. It, w- it was a perfect storm. Um, I don't know whether they're confusing correlation and causality there, but, you, you know, uh, who are we to judge? He wasn't able to get tickets to the Champions League final last season, and we all know what happened there. So... 
ladies and gentlemen, the good listeners of Rankcast, could you um, please email us with anything that you do to make sure that Manchester United win? And uh, if anyone is debating what to drink uh, before the match tomorrow, uh, I would I would highly recommend Ribena just in case it is that that's been working all this time. I presume you, the rational and uh, you know scientific editor of United Run, don't have any such uh, superstitions. Certainly not, certainly not. Although um, I did I did find uh, uh, you know five pints of strong lager down the traffic keys uh, normally helps the game go along. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure whether that's helping the team though or just you. You see, that's the key difference. Kills the pain, my friend. Kills the pain. You know, being a United fan is never painful. It's a it's a glorious feast of uh, quality football, uh, uncomplicated financial situations, and uh, Michael Owen's free flowing attacking football. Let's hope all of those things come true in the next week. Um, and uh, Owen Goal to win at, um, it's not called the JJB anymore, is it? Um, Isn't it? I, don't know no, no. I think they've got a new sponsor. Um, so, um, yeah, no longer the JJB. Uh, whatever. The, whatever, the whatever Wigan Stadium's called nowadays. Listeners, send it in. Uh, I suppose we should have done our research and checked on Wikipedia beforehand. Um, yes, Michael Owen to win the game at uh, Wigan this weekend. Uh, you know, get the bandwagon back on tour. And uh, let's forget about this uh, mini, mini, mini crisis that that was um, Burnley away on Wednesday night. I'm sorry, you're breaking up. I didn't hear you. And on that note, I uh, think we'll call it there for the week. Uh, Happy listening, uh, readers of uh, unitedbrand.co.uk. See you in a week's time. See you next week.